0: There was a few moments there where we're actually in pretty dangerous situations. There was one where there was a grizzly following us up a trail and we'd come to a point, um, she had a, she'd had a cub, and so everyone was saying, get up the trail, get away. There's literally people around us, they've got machine guns because that's what they use for protection against these bears. And as we're walking up the trail away from this grizzly, Someone comes over the crest of the hill the other way and they said there's another big male grizzly coming down this trail. So there was a grizzly coming down this trail. There was a mum and a cub coming up the other trail. And then we looked down in the valley and there was another bear down in the valley and we were fully surrounded. And it was those moments that were just like, we're three Australian idiots, we're making a TV show and there's bears everywhere and it's very realistic that we could get actually attacked by a bear.
1: Hello everybody. Welcome back to Punching Sideways with Josh and Mel. Today, it's a bit of an old school guest for me, but someone pretty new for Mel. Aloe Baker coming to us from, are you in, I'm going to muff it, is it Dubbo, Queensland, somewhere?
0: (laughs) No, it's Dubbo, it's Dubbo, Central West New South Wales. Not too far away from Queensland though, you know how it is.
2: (laughs) You've moved from the Gold Coast back down to Dubbo. Why? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I get asked this every day, uh, all the time. Uh, my wife and I, we've got a couple of kids and uh, she's from Dubbo. And, um, and there was a little bit of an opportunity with the company where they wanted me to do some sort of training and I needed to take a bit of a more of a low sort of a key job to do that training. And uh, yeah, we we're just like, you know, what, we'll take the kids back to our family and, and that can be around family. I could do some more training and, and uh, we can go from there. So Dubbo is where it is.
2: I've never heard anyone say Dubbo is where it is. I had someone driving through there the other Dubbo, day and said, Dubbo
0: is where it's not. What,
2: what is there to do in Dubbo apart from the Dubbo Zoo?
0: Hey, Dubbo puts a lot of regional centres to shame, actually. The zoo is world-renowned. We have people literally coming here uh, from all over the world for the zoo. We've got a few different other things. We've got a bunch of caves nearby. We've got an old vintage jail, one of the oldest jails in Australia, um, it's actually a pretty big tourism hotspot here in Dubbo. You you might find it hard to believe, so we go all right. We go
1: all right. right.
2: So there's people lurking in the caves. You can just chuck them in the old jail and you're all sorted. <laughs> two,
1: two birds, one stone.
2: So for context for anyone who's just um, listening in, you are on a, a national or oh, commercial radio station. You're part of SCA, mm-hmm. just for anyone around Aubrey-Wodonga, our regional area, who doesn't know who you are. I just want to fill in a bit of context for that. And that's probably the reason that we have you on is that you're linked to the area that we're in now in Aubrey-Wodonga. And I think um, Josh has, he's grown up with you, so I'm going to let him sort of just fill in his background context and how mm-hmm. we came about to, to sort of start getting to to know you <laughs> via the airwaves.
1: So, Alo, I'm just going to describe how I remember you because I know just from even the last 30 Here seconds, you're a fair bit different <laughs> as an adult than you were maybe as a teenager. But Because I actually, I think our first proper interaction, besides sharing a school bus for a period of time, Thanks. was that I co-coached one of your basketball teams when you were in your mid-teens. And you were tall, funny. Really energetic and very fit at the time. That's probably from growing up on the farm and having a lot of a lot of jobs to do. You just ran and ran and ran the whole game. You got your way of saying I'm not fit now. That's that's my way of not. That's my way of not commenting. <laughs> yeah, I plead the fifth on that. So you also, to me, weren't what I would say, a, the traditional, attention-seeking kind of person that may some people may envisage going into entertainment. Back then, you were a little bit quieter and you probably were just as comfortable not being the center of of attention as you mm. were being the center of attention and maybe you always dreamt of you know being in the entertainment business but Tuma was 30 minutes from Coriong. Coriang was the mecca the big center. Yeah. For context for anyone that doesn't know Coriang is about 1500 people at its max. <laughs> Tuma I think what was that like maybe 20 to 30 no. people in the town no. maybe less. That, that- That's a push,
0: yeah. (laughs) It's probably like 12 maybe,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll get on to all the things you've done since leaving Coriong and moving and broadening your horizons. You've done a lot of really exciting things, but my brother managed to share a story with me yesterday that I hadn't heard before that I think may trigger a couple of memories for you. So just stick with me here. You were playing basketball against Cam, and Cam for my little brother is much, much bigger than an average human being. And you being a fit, energetic person at the time and pretty aggressive on the court when you wanted the ball, you jumped into Cam. And I don't know how that went for you. I can't imagine well. But you accidentally raked his eye. And you hurt his eyeball. And then Cam, Cam, being Cam lets out this massive swear word or a series of. And the umpire at the time said, gave, gave Cam a tech foul and said, don't swear, that's inappropriate. And Cam said to him, how would you like it if I raked your eye? And the guy said, "Do it." So Cam did it, <laughs> and then got twenty-six weeks suspension. I think. Really? <laughs> do you remember that particular incident?
0: Look, I had it until you mentioned it just now, but I didn't remember. Uh, remember. I remember. I remember Cam going off at me for something, and I didn't really understand because all I was like thinking is, "I got to get the ball." Yeah. I do remember the fact that he was sent off and uh, he was not very happy with me for a long time.
1: No, well, that was the reason he got basically wiped out for a whole season. <laughs> Nothing to do with you, him and the, him and the referee Amazing. had the battle. <laughs> all I'll say, Alo, is you're a very brave person to have collided uh, with Cam full stop.
0: <laughs> he was aggressive on the court. That, like That's all I remember about him on the court was he was aggressive and you had to be twice as aggressive to take
1: him on. Yeah, correct. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you think I think just from um uh, watching you and just talking to you now, you seem to be a little bit well that story says just bull at a gate if you see something, you just go for it and oh, yeah maybe <laughs> is that I, I can probably relate to that a little bit. It probably wouldn't matter how big cam was if mm. if you wanted the ball, that's what your focus was, and is this no, sort it was of no stopping yeah, and is this sort of how you got from little little old tumor to where you are?
0: Probably. Uh, I, I mean, I've never really thought about it. Like I, I'm, I'm, as we all pretty much just said, I don't really stop and think about things. I I mean, I do and I don't. I, I have a little bit of a strategic plan in the back of my mind where I want to do things and where I want to go. But uh, for the most part, it's if there's an opportunity and it's something I want to do, I'll, I'll try and go for it. And, and I'll, I'm not afraid to get out of my comfort zone and, and ask for help as well. If, you know, if someone's doing something that I want to be a part of, I'll you know, I'll ask them, you know, hey, is there any way I can get involved with that and, and be a part of it, And especially if it's to do with developing skills or um, getting better at, uh, you know, professionally or anything career-wise. Um, yeah, I'm not afraid to just jump in and, and give it a crap. Wow,
1: because that's not anything that I heard growing up in the town that we grew up in. As far <laughs> as people, like no adults that I came across were telling me at any point, teachers, my parents, no one, that, oh, you, you've got to ask. If you want things to happen, I was very mm. much—I don't know—it might have been just a slight age difference, but I very much received the "work hard and things will just come to you" eventually. Cl- clearly, you've had you've had some insight that that's not the case.
0: <laughs> I think I think for me, a lot of uh, a lot of things I've done has come from learning interactions with people, and I, mean, I you know, we went to the same school, and there, there were teachers at at, uh, at uh, Consolidated School back in the day that did not like me. Um, they didn't like me and they made it known. And, and, you know, there was a number of teachers that said I wouldn't attribute to anything in life. And I've never really, I've ha- I've remembered it, but I've never really held on to it and made that something that, you know, makes me who I am. It's something that I'm just aware of. It's like, you know what, some people feel that way. I don't feel that way. I'm just going to give life a crack and, and see where I end up.
2: If you like us, like I like us. Get on to punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. I think that's a, the very, a very good way to go about it because you can't fake being someone else for, for so long. You're going to come undone pretty much regardless of where – and I don't really think it's anyone's business what they think about you as long as what you're oh. doing is um, – true to yourself, I think, and you can reconcile it in your head.
0: Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head.
2: How about tumour? Tell me about tumour. I grew up on a little dairy farm. and as soon, Did you grow up on a dairy farm?
0: So my uncles have the second part of the property next door, and that's the dairy farm. But Yeah, so 50-50 dairy beef farm. I know the drill.
2: You know the drill? The early morning. Was that good training for radio?
0: Uh, Well, I guess so for breakfast radio. I didn't do a lot of breakfast milking uh, because obviously I went to school, but uh, I did a lot of afternoons. I I think dairy farming is really hard work. And I think that probably in itself was a lot of good training and family ethics. My family worked pretty hard. And um, so probably indirectly. Yeah.
2: The school guidance counselor. Did you have any guidance at all, or, or <laughs> yeah, right? How does this conversation go when you're you're in a little little part of the world up in Tumur in New South Wales? And did you always just go, I want to be on radio? How does that turn out?
0: Look, I honestly don't remember any chats with school guidance. I remember things with teachers and that about what you want to do with your career, but uh i I was usually in trouble so (laughs) uh, anything that was said to me was usually quite firm and things that my brain just uh yeah didn't want to listen to but i did i think i was probably about 14 when i first decided i wanted to do radio and i was actually at the dairy i was doing a shift at the dairy and i was explaining it to one of my cousins who was working and she's like what do you want to do that with your life for what do you want to be on radio for she's like well you got to learn to talk first I, was, I remember thinking at the moment I was like, "I'm pretty sure I've got that down pat," but uh, it's it's probably more my socially awkward tendencies at times that I need to work on. So, but uh, yeah, so pretty early on.
2: And how did you go about doing that then? Getting from uh, Tuma? Yeah. because
1: there's not exactly <laughs> a radio station up yeah. there with lots of no. spots for young kids. So
0: no, there's not. I um, I moved to Dubbo to help manage a pizza business, I had some friends up here, so I came up to just sort of hang out for a while and they had a pizza business. And so we were helping run this pizza business and the radio station came to the shop one day and um, they were doing a competition, giving away something or something or whatever. Anyway, I just said to them, you know, they were driving the car. I said, what are you going to do to drive the car and give out free stuff because that looks like the best job ever? And they're like, do you want to do it? And I was <laughs> like, Yeah. And so I did it. They they wouldn't pay me. Um, they were like, if you want to do it, you can do it, but we haven't got a wage to pay you. Um, and this is in the days before you had to worry too much about insurance for people who didn't work for companies driving cars. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, sweet. And so I did it and I think I did two shifts and then they put me on a weekend shift. Um, and then after hearing me on the Saturday, they were like, we really like you. We'd love to put you in an afternoon slot. And so I did double afternoons. Maybe within a week I was doing that as a job. So um, it was a very fast turnaround, um, but I I still wasn't getting paid for quite a while. So I actually worked for over a year non-paid, which was fine because I could go in and record a show in the space of an hour or so um, and then go to my normal day job. And I was still on radio um, and I was still doing my day job. So I really liked it. It was kind of like a cool hobby on the side.
2: Do you think that um- – Learning and not getting paid is a good way to, to be able to just not put too much pressure or expectation on yourself. You can sort of cancel it out and go, you know what, I'm not getting paid for this. It's a good opportunity to learn. If I stuff up, I stuff up.
0: I think for me it was um, – it, it kind of worked well for me because it gave me the ability to realise that I actually did like the industry and I wanted to be in it. Like, I mean, obviously getting paid would have been nice. So I would have got extra cash. But the ability to push myself without getting paid really, I guess it made the dust settle whether I really liked it or whether I didn't. And I loved it so much that I didn't actually care that I wasn't getting paid. Like I was managing this pizza business on the side. I was working for Optus as well and I was doing the radio stuff as well. So I was pretty busy. I mean, when you're 21, you're like indestructible, right? I think I was probably 19. You're like, you you don't care if you work three or four jobs. It's like as long as you're doing stuff that you love and and that's that's what I was doing and it It went from there on to bigger and better things.
1: Awesome. So we might we don't have that long today with Allo, so we might talk about some of those bigger and better things, not just the radio. And just for anyone who is listening that happens to know you from the radio, that that seems like a pretty crazy trajectory within a week. So I'm happy that you mentioned that you did another 12 months for free there. Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't real happy. Yeah, Mel's (laughs) shoulder started (laughs) twitching. Like that's yeah. not that's not the traditional path.
2: And let's start grazing people's <laughs> eyes as well. Yeah, <laughs> start suspended. raking the eyes. Well,
1: that'll just break my computer monitor. So just with a few of the things you've done on TV, which is partly the radio thing I always remembered, quirky personality, could talk, mm. and was a funny guy. That made sense to me when I found out that's where you pursued a career. But the adventure travel kind of, documentary stuff that kind of caught me off guard when a mutual friend Adam said I've, do you know what Allo's up to at the moment he's making this TV <laughs> show and it's on Foxtel and then it's going to you know free-to-air at some point and there's a couple of seasons and I'm obsessed with the northern part of North America and I think you might have done season one on Alaska
0: hmm. so can
1: yeah, you just tell absolutely. us about what the show was about and also what it became and just how you ended up doing it yeah. because it just seems pretty crazy.
0: So uh, one of the best things about radio is the connections you make, media, and uh, obviously uh, SCA has been associated with TV stations over the years and for a while there I had a little bit of an association with National Geographic Channel and the guys in Sydney and and I just reached out to them and said, hey, I want to do this show with my mate who i travelled Canada and North America with I was like, it it might be a bit self-indulgent, so I don't know if it's something that will work on TV, but um, we filmed a heap of videos from this original trip we did back in 2010, and I just sent them some clips and said, what do you reckon? And he laughed and he's like, this is funny stuff. How about you do it with a bunch of cameras, go over and intentionally film a bunch of segments and just see what you come up with. Um, And so National Geographic Channel literally gave us like two cameras and about 10 GoPros, and they said, just go nuts, see what you come up with. And so... We did this really, really rough plan of we're going to go to Alaska because it was, Alaska was our favourite part of North America. We're going to try and find bears. We're going to go look at moose. We're going to be a part of the local uh, events. And uh, and then we just hit the ground running. We just hit the ground. We filmed everything. We bought a drone. And then we got home and we edited a bunch of stuff together uh, and sent it to them. And, and they were like, this is amazing. Like This stuff's really, really cool. They are like, this isn't really the right fit for National Geographic Channel. But they had connections at Foxtel. Who were able to get us in contact with the right channel um, that were happy with our content, and then from there uh, we cut six episodes and and polished them up and sent them to to Foxtel. I mean, when I say polished them up, they're still rough as guts. Like it's <laughs> it's it's pretty raw and rough show. Um, but I think Foxtel really liked it that way.
1: So, just for people that aren't familiar, it was called Aussie Dream Livers. Yeah, and when you say rough as guts. It kind of suited the aesthetic of what you were doing. Can you describe yeah. to us, Aloe, what it was that you were trying to achieve in the show? We
0: were, well, I mean, uh, we just wanted to make it kind of a fun, family-friendly kind of a travel travel logs style show, um, and we just ha- hit, happened to be hyper into North America and and the animals and that. So we wanted to just showcase that from an Australian point of view and. Uh, And Foxtel loved it. It was the number one addition to uh, Foxtel channels in October 2017. It was the number one advertised program for that month. And it was, yeah, they made a big splash. And yeah, we got heaps of love out of it. And it was really fun.
1: So is there one particular story you can share from Alaska that maybe I'm encouraging people to go watch it because it really is entertaining. And maybe Aloe can tell us later where it's available at the moment, but... Is there one thing that ended up on the cutting room floor that you kind of wish, in retrospect, you had a hat on? There is there any crazy story?
0: All, all the goals that came out of it we used, but um, I think the the show didn't really capture because we, I mean, not forgetting we were everyday idiots who didn't know how to make a TV show, so our our content was probably pretty rough. Uh, but there was a few moments there where we we're actually in pretty dangerous situations. There was one where there was a grizzly following us up a trail, and we'd come to a point. Um, she had a she'd had a cub and so everyone was saying, get up the trail, get away. There's literally people around us, they've got machine guns because that's what they use for protection against these bears. And as we're walking up the trail away from this grizzly, someone comes over the crest of the hill the other way and they said there's another big male grizzly coming down this trail. So there was a grizzly coming down this trail, there was a mum and a cub coming up the other trail and then we looked down in the valley and there was another bear down in the valley and we were fully surrounded. And it was those moments that were just like, we're three Australian idiots. We're making a TV show, and there's bears everywhere, and it's very realistic that we could get actually attacked by a bear. Wow. And uh, <laughs> and you know, we didn't get attacked by a bear in the end. We we hiked out with guys that were very very weaponized, and we weren't. Uh, we had a bear bell that we bought for two dollars from Walmart, and uh, a little bit of bear spray. But uh, like, I think the the experience was like nothing else I've ever experienced. You know, and when you're making a TV show people will come and they will say hello to you regardless of who you are and they want to know what's going on, especially when they hear the accent and you're in North America, like, check out these Aussie guys from National Geographic Channel. Like, these guys are legends. Like, let's take you around for a feed. Come try moose in our basement, you know. Like, So you just meet these crazy people and and get to experience Alaska and, yeah, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And I think you followed up with Texas, which I know some of the craziest stuff that I remember from watching clips of the show was some of the Texas – Base mm. base material, and was there a third season?
0: Uh, we haven't planned a third season yet. No, but okay. um, yeah, te- Texas was the second one that dropped about a year ago, and um, Channel Seven have just renewed contracts for that and the Alaska show. So, yeah.
2: So you've had um, obviously now that I'm I've been listening to you, you've been in training for bears up against Cam on the basketball court, <laughs> <laughs> and your love of food started when you worked in a pizza shop in Dubbo. Yeah.
1: Is, well, that,
2: is, uh, that, is that where it all started, this this new series that you got coming out?
0: Look, I think the love of food started on the farm in Tumor because when you live at a farm in the middle of nowhere and you're just living out of freezer food uh, and then you finally go into a town and you have a magic meal somewhere, you're just like, whoa, like this, your whole world just opens up. Uh, no, mum's cooking was great. <laughs> put it that way. Of- if, if you're listening, mum. Um but, yeah, I think I the whole food thing started because I was uh, working on the Gold Coast for CFM up there and uh, that we found a place that was doing 15-cent chicken wings. And we're like, this is amazing, 15 cents. And I'm not just talking about, like, the small ones you get from Wallie's, I'm talking about the big suckers, the full wing, yeah. the full wing. And so we went to this place and I was like, this is so awesome, I've got to film this. And I literally just filmed a 60-second video of a few different Shots of these wings and how cheap they were, and I put it on social media. And within a couple of hours, it had got sixty thousand views or something. And and the, the the place got inundated so crazy that they were like, "Take the video down," and all these sorts of things. There's
2: um, <laughs> not so cheap I, it's- Yeah,
0: exactly. So I um I just pitched that to. Again, my connections that I'd used for Dream Livers and at, at Channel Seven, and they were like, "We love this." Uh, and and i have been making videos for a while at this point. After that one did so well, I'd made a number of them um, that had done really well, and they were just like, "Make a, see how you go, make a TV show, and you know, if it's something that works, we'll." you know, we'll play it. And I, I made a first episode and I, I played it to the guys at Channel 7 and they were like, we really like this. We don't just want to put this on 7, mate. We want to put this across Channel 7 channels. We want to put this on other channels within our network. So that's where we're up to at the moment. And uh, the food dude is dropping in March this year.
1: So the conceit of the show is that these meals generally, from what I've seen, are very large.
0: Okay. So the the <laughs> – yeah, so – that's kind of the that's kind of the clickbait to get people to yeah. see that there's a show coming. But yeah. uh, the there is there is at least one food challenge in each episode that is a, a larger meal. Um, but the show exists purely, especially especially with COVID and everything that's going on, and a lot of businesses have been hit hard. Uh, the show exists purely to give love to regional businesses. There, there'll be the odd um, metropolitan sort of a, a restaurant, but for the most part, we're going to these regional towns, cities. Albury will be one of them, and we're doing. Uh, challenges, and we're just showcasing these local businesses, bakeries and, and restaurants and just giving them a bit of love and, and saying, hey, these businesses in regional Australia uh, make killer food, which is on par with the city counterparts. People get out of the cities and, and give a crack to these places in regional areas. So that's probably the premise of the show. It's just wanted to get people out of their comfort zone, uh, driving across Australia post-COVID love to regional businesses, but also showing what those businesses can can um, can do.
1: That's pretty sweet.
2: Oh, I'm excited to, to see where you go around this area. The yeah, same I, just, I had so a few things going things. off in my head.
1: Of, is, there, is there something in Dubbo itself that, you, that comes to mind that people, like in the culinary sense, that people might not realise is there?
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a place here called Spartans which does just about everything Um, And their meals are pretty solid. They're proper big meals and they do just about everything. And Spartans would be a really good one. Uh, We've been in discussions with them about doing a rib challenge. But there's another place down the road here in Dubbo called Burgess Burger Bar. And they've got almost a three kilo uh, burger. And that was that was one of the initial challenges we did to stick to start the show off with. And uh, it's 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 a lot of burger. Three kilos. You, it mightn't sound like much when you listen to it, but when you try it, it is as big as a basketball.
1: Yeah. I remember you put a clip up on the Food Dude page and I think the burger you were holding was as big as your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what a lot of this food is. And, yeah.
2: what, what sort of training do you put in for these sort of challenges? Is this a
0: probably, – Probably better training than what I've been – doing that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> there's there's guys that are professional leaders when they do these big challenges who they spend all their days at the gym and, and stuff like that whereas I I just don't have time you know I've got full-time work I got kids so I uh I've just been kind of fasting in between which is probably the worst thing you can do but um it's the only thing I can do to n- not grow as big as a house
2: <laughs> <laughs> um have you del? you've delved into the chili side of things have you you... Yes,
0: I've done the. I've done a couple of those. Yeah.
2: Have you Have you done a chili eating competition before?
0: No. No.
2: <laughs> maybe we could. Put, maybe we could put one on for you. Yeah. And that... get...
0: oh. I've done a couple of hot food ones. I did. Uh, I did the burger edge. You know, the double decker death wish, which. which um, to be honest, I was on the toilet for two days after. It's 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 not one that I I I do the odd chili challenge, but I try to avoid them if I can because well, they are hell.
2: <laughs> I don't understand people that like chilies at all. But uh, the chili eating competitions are fun to watch. They used to play. Uh, yeah. um Some countries used to pay their taxes in chilies. I, I love. I love. Yeah. I love fun facts about about Melano's food. And chilies. I know. To, oh well, I don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Not at all, but so where when the first episode is released yep. in March, yeah, and w- what happens from there? You're you're a bit like a bit of a slashy. You just do a, a bit of everything. Is that because you're just not you're not a content person?
0: Uh, yes and no. I think I'm yeah to some degree. Yes, I'm. I'm not content unless I'm pushing myself. I guess to something new and something different. And I'm also a bit antsy when people tell me I can't do something, <laughs> and then I'm just like, Jeez, "All right, well, you and Mel I'm going to give uh, this a bit of a
1: crack." <laughs> you and Mel are very sympathetic <laughs> <laughs> on that. <laughs> I hate
0: being so, told I'm, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and it's not like I've got a problem with authority. It's more or less when someone doesn't believe that I can do something. I'm like, "Well, you know what? I'm going to give it a crack," and that's where I push myself to try and do it. And you know, even with even with dream livers, they were like, "You know, you realize you've got to edit this too," and I was like, "Well." I'll spend hours on YouTube. I'll learn how to do it, how to edit, and I'll go from there. I didn't know how to edit a video before we went to Alaska. I was just, we just went on a wing, you know. But people said, you know, it won't get on TV. You won't, you won't. People won't watch it or anything. And and um, so I was like, you know what? I'll get it on TV, and that there will be the goal. I don't care if it's popular or no one watches it. The, the goal at that point was just to get it on TV, and and you know we succeeded with that. With um, not just Foxtel, we succeeded with um, TVNZ in New Zealand. We succeeded with TV stations in Canada as well. And so it's once you once you take that next step, then it's about, okay, where, to, where can we go for here? And for me, I usually have at least one major goal a year that I want to do, and I try and achieve that. So I don't work on too many different things. Like I'm a bit of a one-trick pony, but I try and do one thing well and then move on to the next, if you know what I mean. That's really broad. I just went, way
2: What's, I just took what, your question and went running. What's this what's this year's goal?
0: <laughs> this year's goal was Food Dude. So uh, last year's goal was Texas-Alaska, which got on in January, so really early in the year. So I spent most of last year planning Food Dude. Um, so this year was getting Food Dude on TV. The year before was uh, the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, being able to be a, a host for that, and I got to host that. Um, and the year before that was obviously alaska texas uh, Alaska, sorry, of Dreamlivers as well. So, um, yeah, oh, I think I think the year before that was hosting NRL games. So, yeah, I've had these goals and I've had to push to work for them and, yeah.
1: I guess to sum up, Alo, you obviously have done a, a whole lot since leaving the little town of Koryong slash Tooma. One thing we'd like to, I guess, focus on a little bit in this show is those opportunities – and or any opportunity of any size can happen to pretty much anybody. And it doesn't, mm. growing up in a very small place, like even much smaller than albury Donga, doesn't necessarily have to limit your opportunity or your how big you're dreaming and mm. the sort of things you can achieve. Is there anything that you could say to people that are around here thinking, well, that guy came from a town of 30 people via mm. a town of 1,500 and is now hosting NRL games and the Commonwealth Games, etc." what do you, how do you see your path and what could you give to people that maybe are thinking oh, i'm from this little place i can't do that
0: look i mean karyons a really good example you've got riley rose harper who's been on hit for what five or six years uh, uh, even tuma uh, fanny lumston i don't know if you're aware of fanny lumston but yeah, she's a won country a,
1: music artist yeah yeah
0: she won an aria award last week she's also from tuma i think it's it comes down to uh, how you apply yourself uh like any people who know me really well wouldn't say that I'm a big I have big aspirations with my career. I think they would say that I just take opportunities when I see them. So like I don't sit at home thinking, all right, I've got these goals and these goals and these goals. It's just it's it's often a lot of the time it comes down to being in the right place at the right time or where you're working. I, I think it's just being aware. So whoever you are, it doesn't matter whoever you are, aware of you are whether you're in the big city or whether you're in you know the smallest country town in the middle of nowhere. Um, if you take opportunities to go to the next level um, and you do well, that's where you'll succeed. You apply yourself, you do well. And people love anyone who's willing to give something a go. Like especially bosses, if you're willing to give something a go and you're motivated and you do it well, and I, and I say that knowing full well that I've botched up stuff in the past. I've I've had goes at things and screwed it up, up hard. Um, <laughs> that happens, and when that does happen, you just... Try not to dwell on that and just be like, all right, well, I I know not to do that next time or I know not to go that way next time or take a different approach, um,
1: if that makes sense. Yeah, it does completely.
2: I just think that there's an opportunity to commentate the old jail or one of the... The tours at the caves in Dubbo. I think you're just <laughs> selling yourself yeah. short. Like, I mean, NRL, that's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> but I mean- up, at
0: this end, up this end of the world, NRL is king. It's uh, look. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a Tiger supporter through and through, and I grew up down in in that region. You know, I, I used to go to Lavo shops all the time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, Wodonga Plaza is it even still called
1: Wodonga Plaza these Wodonga days. Plaza. I don't
2: know. Stabbington is what we now like yeah. or call it over. Yeah. <laughs> Wodonga so, Plaza so still.
1: I think Lavie was the only place you could get a football jumper back in the day. Yeah, probably <laughs> one of the, one of those little pop up shops.
0: <laughs> but I still I still consider the Upper Murray my home. Um, I get home to see my parents every chance I get, and I think it's one of the most beautiful regions. Uh, in Australia, and I'm not even I'm not even making that up to suck up to you guys. I genuinely think it's the best part of the country. And I was devastated when the fires went through last year. My parents' place got more than fifty percent wiped out, and um, as soon as I could, I got down there and tried to help any way I could. But um, yeah, I think you guys look. I talk Dubbo up, but uh, Dubbo ain't <laughs> anywhere as beautiful as the as that region.
2: Wow, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, just on that, do you have a message to any of the people that are still up in that R- Upper Murray? area that has been affected by fires because yeah. I think it's still an ongoing thing that people have forgotten about because of what this year has been
0: COVID yeah yeah shout out to everyone in the Upper Murray uh, you know I've got a bunch of friends I think Evan Nicholas straight away I think pretty sure he lost a 100 head of cattle and a house and I just um, what do you, yeah you guys know that we love you and we're still uh, getting around you guys and supporting you guys best as possible and um, yeah if there's any way we can help out just give us a yell out
1: Righto, hello. Well, thanks so much for your time today, mate, and thanks for freeing up a bit of weekend time.
0: I know, right. I know that's thanks not always. A,
1: yeah, you've got a million things on, so we really appreciate the time.
2: <laughs> We've just heard how bloody busy you are. So yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and if just do me a favour, if anyone's giving you a bit of grief around the office this week, just don't rake the eyes. I'd <laughs> forgotten that it even happened. I'd forgotten. Well, I'm Cab, get- cab we- hasn't, <laughs> which is scary. So. Hopefully you never meet up with him again.
2: It's a 26-week <laughs> suspension. I don't think I'd forget about that. Maybe oh, you just need her. a mate.
0: <laughs> so is he still pretty bitter about it or
1: what? Well, you, you, I don't know how much you remember, Cam, but he's still bitter about everything. <laughs> 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 oh, about thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Alo. Thanks, and Alo. Just quickly, mate, sorry, just give us a plug. I know that people can follow along with the food dude on Facebook they just—if yeah. you just search at Allo baker radio, that's currently directing to the food dude. Yeah, and aloe underscore baker on Twitter, that's probably I'm assuming where. People that maybe have got a radio yeah. broadcasting kind of bent might want to follow you there. So,
0: I guess so. I've got Insta, but I could tell you what's going on in it. Uh, food, food, dude drops on uh, seven mate on the 20th of March this year. Uh, and Alaska, Texas, I don't know what date it'll be, it's even before that. I think it's in Feb. So,
1: on seven mate, also seven mate,
0: first time on channel seven. Uh, Aussie Dream Lives, Alaska, and Texas will be playing at the same time.
1: So, Awesome, mate. Well, very proud of you, and you were a very interesting person to coach at the basketball. <laughs> what, what the hell was going on with an under-15 team having to get an assistant coach?
0: <laughs>
1: that, I, that I don't get. but
0: <laughs> they're, they're training you up for the next step. I'm telling you, bigger and better things. Yeah, no, I
1: failed there. I never took the head coaching role. Righto, mate. Well, thanks, Mel. Thanks, Alo.
2: Thanks so much, mate.
1: Thanks, guys.